Hello, and welcome to the Author's Den podcast, where we help authors share their message to the world. Join us as we feature unique conversations and get ready to be inspired. Now, let's get started with the show. And now welcome the amazing Lizzie T. Hello, hello everyone and welcome, welcome to the Author's Den. I am Lizzie, one of the hosts of Author's Den. I am so, so excited and uh, what a blessing to be able to talk to a friend, uh, although we don't know each other yet, uh, a brother and uh, somebody who has a very, very important and very interesting book to with us today. I'm hoping that you are having a phenomenal day wherever you are in this beautiful world. We have so many people listening to this podcast and I am so excited. And not only that, I mean, uh, we are in one side of the world and our, our guest is from another side of the world and doing a much, much uh, nicer weather uh, from us. So, so I'm, I'm a little bit jealous, <laughs> a little bit jealous. So as like I said, I am the host of Author Stand and I am, uh, it's such an honor and privilege to be able to introduce someone uh, who, who can uh, enlighten us, who can show us a little bit of truth, who can, uh, you know, show us another side of an incredible, incredible book. So we're going to be talking today, everyone, uh, with uh, Sean Garrett. He is the author of an incredible book It's called um, The Resurrection of Jesus Christ, a narrative fiction novel. And uh, interesting, eh? It's interesting. I hope you're getting attention. So let me give you a little bit of background about Sean Garrett. Uh, he is uh, has a master in philosophy, a master in education administration, uh, CLULA graduate, uh, 22 years and K-12 teacher and uh, community college part-time philosophy professor. Uh, lots of accolades here. Married for 20 years. Oh, that is awesome. Um, two sons uh, and uh, multiple publications like The Resurrection, The Idea of God, course uh, reading into this intro, intro to philosophy, and currently working on the second literacy publication, rather called Light in a Bottle. This guy doesn't stop. Look at him. Uh, he wrote a story with his 11-year-old son. Oh, that is, I love authors that work with their uh, family members. Uh, my husband and I, we work for a book, with a book, and then um, trying to get my girls uh, to work with me. And uh, it's called Killer whale versus humpback whale and uh, he is a very young 50-ish 50-ish I'm not going to devote the rest uh, year old uh, and uh, is from California I am so so excited everyone I hope that uh, you have uh, questions because we will talk about where can people find him reach out to him and also uh, the website where you can find his book or where can you you can find his book and uh, yeah so it's going to be an interesting talk today I am very 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 excited I, did I did you hear that I'm very excited anyhow 
uh, we will welcome him to uh, talk with us uh, with a wonderful round of applause. Of Dan, welcome, welcome to Authors Dan. How are you doing? How are you doing, Lizzie? I'm doing great. <laughs> yes, yes, you are doing awesome. Uh, we talked behind the scenes a little bit. We talked about the weather. We talked about uh, you studying in Sevilla, Spain. That is yes, incredible. Yes, you know, I, I, sure, I, <laughs> I, I want you to elaborate a little bit about that. What happened? Why? Uh, what Spain? Why not? I don't know. A lot of people like to go to Greece to study Greek. Uh, a lot of people like to go to England. Uh, why Spain? Uh, you know, Lizzie, there was there's actually a few reasons why I actually went to Spain, and it's really interesting that you asked that question because it kind of gets to the heart of, I think, what we're going to be talking about today um, in the time that we'll have. But, you know, I went to Spain because I wanted to reinforce um, learning the Spanish that I had learned in high school and that I had studied in Spanish in college. And when I graduated, I just wanted to go somewhere that was going to give me an opportunity to kind of reinforce that language that I learned. I thought about going to Costa Rica. I hear Costa Rica is really beautiful. You know, there were other, maybe a couple other places down there, maybe South America. But um, I saw that I could go to the University of Seville um, with just, you know, it just required a 2.0. And I was like, okay, 2.0, I got that. So I applied, I got accepted, and in the summer of 2001, I went as an exchange student to live in Seville and study, at the, study Spanish at the University of Seville. So I can take, I can imagine that the experience with you being in Spain at your age and, and discovering the culture and discovering the history, discovering all the, the, the amount of... I mean, it's history. Let's talk. Let's talk. I mean, Europe, uh, Spain, is unbelievable, full with uh, history. What does it feel like for a, a young person to kind of go to a completely different world and experience something like this? It it, it was absolutely incredible. It was yes. you know, it was incredibly amazing. It was actually the first time I went out of the country and I, you know, I went by myself. Wow. I, didn't, you know, I didn't go, you know, on like a, a tour where you're with other people. You know, I kind of saved the money up on my own. I got on, wow. took British Airways over to uh, <laughs> to London, and then from London I went to Madrid, and and um, you know, so it was the first time I, I left the United States. Um, I wasn't, you know, a baby, but I was a little bit older, almost maybe 20, in my late 20s. And um, and uh, I landed in Madrid uh, around five or six o'clock that afternoon, and it was just a hustling, bustling metropolis. It really reminded me of New York City. And uh, <laughs> funny story is, I I um, got to Madrid. I got to a tocha station to try to get a train or a bus down to Seville, which was about two three hours away. And I couldn't. I could. Everything was sold out. So I ended up sleeping in the bus station. My first night in Madrid, Spain, and um, I let you know I was in downtown Madrid, and I, you know, I put all my bags in a locker, and I went out in, into downtown Madrid, and I just hung out, you know, the whole night, and it, it was it was incredible, and I, I actually found a bar 
I stayed open until 6 p.m. or 6 a.m. and I stayed in the bar all night and by the you know once the bar closed I went back to the bus station and got myself out and got on a train and went down to the village to meet the, the lady that I that I was going to live with for the next six to eight weeks. Oh my lord, that is if it's not divine intervention, I don't know what that is. I mean that right from the get go, right from your arrival, right from the beginning, you had to kind of immerse, no question asked, there was no other choice. You no, had absolutely. to immerse yourself in true in, in the country and the city. My goodness, uh, were you scared at all, Sean? Excuse me? Were you scared at all? I mean, you were on your um, you know mid twenties, and was, you didn't know you've never left United States in your life, and for you to be uh, encountered, you know, like I'm str- I'm stranded. <laughs> and, and and I absolutely was stranded. And um, you know, the funny thing was in 2001, um, the European countries hadn't transferred over to the euro yet, right? So Spain was still on the perspective money system. And, you know, I had just completed my first year of public school teaching here in California. And, um, you know, I had got paid. I was still living with my mom. I didn't have any real bills or anything. So I had just gotten paid when I was going over to Spain. So I had, like, a check for, like, $2,000. I felt like I was rich, right? And um, when I got to Madrid, I saw that the currency exchange was double. So a dollar was worth $2. So... You know, I turned in $2,000 and immediately had $4,000. So that kind of gave me a sense of comfort. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a tall, you know, strong, handsome guy. So I, I really wasn't <laughs> scared. It was very exciting. I just knew not to venture too far or get myself into anything that, you know, I couldn't handle. So I just kind of, you know, just kept it, you know, kind of simple and hung around downtown. And, you know, like I said, I found a nice, friendly bar. I could go mm-hmm. to and, and, and hang out, and I stayed there till the morning. And then I think, you know, maybe like 8, 9 o'clock, it was about time for me to get on the train, and I headed out. And when I went down, I met wow. the lady. Her name, her name was Consuelo. She was an older Spanish lady, and I stayed with her. She was the sweetest, kindest lady, and she actually thought I got lost, and she was excited to see me the next day. So it was an adventure, but, you know, I made it, and like I said, I had a great time studying Spanish. And, like you say, being immersed not only in the culture but in the history, Mm-hmm. And when, when I got to Seville, that was, you know, really one of the first things that stood out to me was the fact that it was still kind of an old city that was built by the Moors, even though it was a modern-day Spanish city. And, and in Seville, there were just bridges and churches and castles right. in the midst of the city, and it was, it was amazing. I, I just – I know you're working on a, on a book with your son, but this – this experience, the way you're passionate talking about this, that this also deserves the book because a lot of people they don't have the courage at this twentieth and mid twenties to go to another country where the language is not your forte because obviously English is right. your first language. So right. absolutely, this is a guide how to you know go to Spain uh, without having any. I mean, things have changed. It's still, I mean, it's a great absolutely thing. and uh, and yes, your creativity and, and and your your willingness to say, hey, I'm here, I'm going to do the best out of this, and, and I feel I'm okay financially because I do have some, you know, back background money that I can count right. on. So, you know, it makes you feel that you are, uh, you know, 
sure of, of yourself in a bit. So that is incredible. Have you ever had the opportunity, Sean, to go back and, and revisit and see uh, the lady that helped perhaps or as you keep in touch? Are you, are you, do you have the opportunity to, to relive? Obviously, it's never going to be the same, but uh, did you have, was there any opportunity to go back? Um, absolutely. You know, I, I did, you know, try to stay in contact with the lady for as long as I could. She was an older lady uh, with an incredible backstory, you know, of her own. And, you know, I talked to her for a while. You know, I think about her a lot, and I just pray that she's, you know, still available for her daughter and her granddaughter because, you know, they have a small family, but she was just an incredible woman. Um, I did, so I did stay in contact with her for a while, but, you know, lost contact with her after a few years. In 2003, I got married in December, on December 28, 2002, and um, that summer, 2003, my wife and I went back to Seville for two weeks on our honeymoon, so yes, I did have a chance to go back, and that was, you know, just being able to take my wife, who yeah. has, you know, her family roots are Castilian, so. Um, oh, wow. It was, yeah, it was a very, it was a very, very uh, what, profound what a and different. cool experience. What a difference to go back after so many years from what you first saw of Spain to later on, you know, in a completely different mindset, completely a lot more confidence, obviously, uh, taking back a trophy with you because, you know, hey, I got a lady out of this and, uh, you know, see it in a, different, in a different point of view. So absolutely. Sean, I am so impressed about um, your book that you, re that you, um, that you have written. Uh, it's, it's called The Resurrection of Christ. A narrative fictional novel. Now, tell us a little bit about the inspiration that you received to write this book. And tell us a little bit of the background. Um, you, um, a lot of people are going to read this uh, title uh, when it comes out in, in, in this podcast, and they're going to, uh, you know, is this is this a, a religious uh, book? Is something uh, for me to uh, in, invest myself into. Can you can you give my audience, the audience of, of, of the um, of the authors, then a little bit of uh, about why you wrote this book? Absolutely. Um, and, and and I mean, obviously, I'm gonna you know be an advocate for the story and, and, and definitely tell you and anybody out there who you know, has an interest in Christian literature to absolutely invest your time, more importantly, invest your time in reading this story um, for a lot of reasons um, that I'm sure we'll talk about. But, um, you know, the story, the motivation behind the story is really ironic, Lizzie, because I, I, I don't think it's a story that, you know, I, I wasn't motivated in any way, right? There was no divine inspiration or anything that just struck me, you know, the lightning bolt moment that gave me this grand idea. You know, I was really, it really mm -hmm. was something that I, I just kind of, it was really a, a happen, happenstance or circumstance, whatever you want to say, um, and how, okay. it, how I found the story. I was, I was an undergraduate at Cal State LA, and uh, I was studying philosophy, I, you know, I was a philosophy student, and religion and God and the Word of God and those kind of things have always been a part of my life from, you know, from day one, from my grandmother to all my relatives and, you know, my family on down. So religion was always a part of my life. So that okay. really wasn't anything new for me, right? That wasn't anything new. Um, 
But I was in the library one night, trying to be a diligent student and, and do the studying I needed to do and get ready for whatever test I was going to take. And I, it was getting kind of late. It was probably 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, and the library closes at 12. And, you know, I'm just trying to get my work done. And I'm getting tired, so I'm taking a break, and I'm just kind of like, all right, I need to wander around the library. So I'm roaming around the library, and I'm looking at different books. And I, I stumbled across the library's religious section, right? And I found this book on the shelves titled The Lost Books of the Bible. And immediately, it caught you know my attention. You know, Your attention, yeah. Off. Absolutely. I took it off the shelf. I took it back to where I was sitting. I read through it. You know, I took the book downstairs, and I, I checked it out. And, and um, you know, I, I immediately just immersed myself into reading, trying to read, you know, cover to cover. And, um, you know, I got about three-fourths of the way through the book, and, you know, I kind of put it away and whatever, whatever. And I came back to it. A couple of years later, you know, I reread it, and it was this. It was when I read it the second time that I found the core of this story. It was in the. Uh, it's in a book called the Book of Nicodemus from the Lost Books of the Bible, Gramercy edition, 1979, and it was the Book of Nicodemus. And if you're familiar with Nicodemus from the Bible, right? He's the gentleman in John chapter three who Jesus mm -hmm. makes the statement, you know, for God so loved the world, right? And Nicodemus was a rabbi. Uh, and so on and so yep. forth. And he was kind of a secret follower of Jesus, right? So he has this book that he wrote mm -hmm. that in the Lost Books of the Bible that tells the story of Jesus' trial. So I read it, and I was fascinated by the story the second time around. And it, you know, when you read something twice, it becomes more vivid and more, you know, more real to you, I guess. And um, I, I was just thinking to myself, oh, my God, this is an incredible story. And I, you know, I, I thought to myself, this could be made into a movie. And it was, it was just, it was that profound. It was that detailed. It was, it was just that uh, encompassing that I, uh, I, I thought, wow, this could be made into a movie. But you wow. know, I'm some undergraduate kid, and I don't have no money, and so I thought, let me, let me outline it and write it, and then from there, I can take it. You know, I can transfer it into a script, into a movie. And that's what I did. And um, so the story is based on the story that you'll find in the Lost Books of the Bible, in the Book of Nicodemus. I would say that makes up about 70% of the story in, in my book. But as I continued to read the Lost Books of the Bible, I found some very interesting literature. And uh, they were called the, the Letters of Pontius Pilate. And there were these, there were maybe seven or eight different letters from Pontius Pilate to Tiberius Caesar or Pontius Pilate to Herod the Tetrarch or, or whoever, the, you know, whoever he was writing to. And that really gave the story the character that it needed. Because, because the book of Nicodemus is about Jesus' trial. And we know mm -hmm. Pontius Pilate is the person who legislated the trial, right? That's so right. When I found the le right. So when I found the letters of Pontius Pilate, I mean, it was like the sky opened up. And now this main character has a personality. These letters were so uh, informative, and it really gave me an idea of the person. Mm -hmm. So I was able to take the story from Nicodemus, take the information I got from the letters of Pontius Pilate, infuse it into the story. And then later on, 
I found, I, I, I read uh, later in the, one of the last chapters of the Lost Books of the Bible was a book called The Lost Gospel of Peter. And we all know Peter, you know, we're all familiar with Peter from the Bible. And um, The Lost Gospel of Peter was a very short book, very short story, but it gave a very detailed description of Jesus' crucifixion. Mm. And it just fit perfectly with what I was doing. Because the trial starts, because the book of Nicodemus starts with the trial, into the crucifixion, into the resurrection, into the story that I wrote. So it, it just all came together. One of the things that I, uh, that, that I need to ask you, Sean, is you said that there was no divine inspiration. I completely disagree with you. I, I think that you were searching for something, for sure. You did what exactly you were searching for, but you were searching for something. And uh, when you found it the very first time, you weren't ready for that, uh, that, that kind of information. Your experience of your person was not ready for, for that kind of information. It had to take two years for you to realize what you were searching for, how hungry you were for, the, for, for this knowledge. And uh, later on, you can see you mature uh, and, and you were hungry for, for the look. Did this make you, I am not sure if you, if you say you're not, but does this make you a stronger believer? Are you a believer? Are you a Christian yourself? Or are you just very, like many people, <laughs> fond of, of the Bible, fond of the story of Jesus? You, you admire, you like it, but you, you quit right there. You don't go farther than that. No, no, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all of the above, Lizzie. Excuse me, I, I, you know, I'm absolutely would consider myself a quote unquote Christian. Uh, you know, I follow, love, adhere to the okay. Bible and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's like I said, that's kind of been me. Whether I had written this book or not, that's kind of who I am and where I come from. Gotcha. Um, but the story, but the books. The books that I was able to read, as I was reading them, I could clearly see stories. These things that I was reading were directly correlated to all the things I had read in the Bible. So it, it really wasn't a mystery for me. You know, it was it just made a lot of sense. So it reiterates what you already knew, but it just it, it confirmed what you knew of it. Gotcha. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there were great books like uh, a book by Barnabas, and I know that's a name that that's common in the Bible. Uh, some other some other very uh, common names. The Book of Philadelphia, which is like one of the seven churches in the Book of Revelation. There, and so there were a lot of really interesting stories and in, in, in books in that in, within that lost book of the Bible that just like I say directly correlated to the things I had learned and studied already from you know the Bible itself. So it just reconfirmed and reiterated what I already did. Absolutely. Beautiful. And that's really what we want to be able to show to the audience that are going to be listening to this and um, as this is recorded. And uh, what could they get from? How would they be able to identify what can they get out of uh, this amazing book that you have written? Uh, what kind of benefits do you think that they will get from the resurrection of Jesus Christ, a narrative uh, fictional novel? What, what is, how is it going to complement uh, their belief or, or, or their doubts or something that perhaps they're not sure of? You know, um, 
you know, Lizzie, with, you know, with the character of Pontius Pilate, you know, makes this story of a story, it's a redemption story, right? We know this gentleman who made this fateful decision, you know, to convict what we know to be an innocent man who later we, you know, people like us tend to believe is the son of God, the son of the living God. And um, he made this incredible decision, not because he knew it was the right thing to do, but because he knew it was the most pertinent thing to do in terms of politic, in terms of politics, right? He made a political decision to have Christ put to death. And it was, it was, it was just, you know, a few days later when the rumor started to surface that Jesus Christ was alive. You know, hence the title of the book, The Resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that event turned his life upside down. And that's when life became real for Pontius Pilate. Not real in the sense that he was a soldier and he was, you know, he was a governor and a politician of the Roman Empire, but real in the sense that he had to face, look at himself and ask himself, what did I do, right? And as, and as Christians, so to speak, right, isn't that what we have to do? Like, we have to look and say, Mm-hmm. How do I heal myself from mm-hmm. the, you know the hurt, the pain, the negativity that I've experienced? Not just experienced, but that I've given as well. So it really is a story of redemption. Redemption, absolutely, absolutely. And and I think I think that what uh, what the audience will definitely get out of this is if it's somebody with that kind of influence, with that kind of responsibility, with that kind of weight uh, on him, and had to make that decision. And, and and had to live through that, and, and you know we can look at ourselves. We do have uh, you know a lot of weight in ourselves, and it wasn't for you know the Lord uh, Jesus Christ to be able to pay the price for us. We will be right. in the same situation as Pilate. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely, and and you know it's a, it's a very tragic story. It's a very tragic story for a gentleman. Who makes it, you know, he washes his hands and he declares himself innocent of the blood of this man and all those things. And he makes the decision, like we said, not because he knows the right thing to do, but, but because it was a political decision. And, you know, his life was never the same from that. You know, and, and the interesting thing about Pilate is there's no real history of Pontius Pilate. Like, there's no story about Pontius Pilate. You know, he's kind of this lost figure in history. And, um, you know, that those letters really, really, really gave me a lot of insight to the man. And that's why it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a redeeming story, but it's also a very tragic story. It's also a very tragic story. And I think our readers and our listener will be able to immerse into that and, and get a lot of ideas and a lot of uh, uh, ways that they can even uh, follow the Lord and, and see how important this part of pilot's life was and how important it is for us nowadays absolutely love it love it um me, Sean, i don't me, want to forget go, no, ahead. go ahead go ahead no i was going to say i was just going to say one thing that i that i i would like to share with you know with, with the listeners and your audience is that um there is a part of the story that describes jesus's experience in hell 
and uh, the three days that he spent there overcoming death and those type of things, there's a, there's, a, there's a very interesting part of the story that gets to some of the details of those ideas. And I think that in itself, along with, along with a lot of other things, I think that in itself gives this book a very, uh, gives it a very interesting idea of what readers could look for. I think there's something very interesting in that tale of Jesus' experience in hell that is very enlightening to, very enlightening to, you know, to our readers, to our listeners. Beautiful, beautiful. I don't want to forget to make sure that you mention uh, where can people get it. Uh, also, uh, do you have a website yourself that people can connect with you? Obviously, there will be people asking questions and having a little bit more personal, perhaps, question or comment within regards to this. Um, I assume that you do have uh, some people reviewing or commenting or even uh, giving some feedback. But first of all, let, let us share with, uh, with the uh, audience the uh, website, if you have one, and obviously the where can people get the book. Absolutely. Um, you know, I do have uh, a Facebook page where, you know, you can, you can find links and things like that to, you know, Beautiful. the video trailer to the, uh, you know, to, to the other, to the multiple books, sites that are selling the book. Um, so you can reach me and you can contact me there as well. You can reach me at resurrectionnarrative.com which is my direct Facebook page, and Facebook is doing an incredible job of helping me market and sell the book. So resurrectionnarrative.com um, will take you directly to my Facebook page, which will take you to link amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com. Um, there's a, the book has incredible reviews on Goodreads. Like I was surprised when, I, when, those, when those reviews started to come back, but there's some really, really positive reviews on goodreads.com. Um, so you can reach, you can, you can, Buy the book at those places, Amazon, Barnes and & Noble, and Goodreads. And you can also find those links on my website at resurrectionnarrative.com. Great, great. So we were talking a little bit about reviews and comments and, uh, you know, things that people may say that, unfortunately, we, we get. I'm, I'm published myself. I know exactly what it's like. Right. You get a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, back back home from people that are not too keen on 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 your the same opinion any any feedback uh, that uh, is controversial that you didn't expect or so far so good and you received tons of commendation and tons of uh, nice nice things from family members friends especially the ones that know you as a as a professor as an educator uh, you know uh, as doing different things, and now here you are a published author for, I don't know, it's going to be third time. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I've, been, I've definitely been fortunate to have gotten a lot of, lot of very positive reviews on the story, some very uh, high reviews, you know, I, I must say, and i got to thank uh, Simon Williams from uh, Goldman Agency in New York, who is a publishing company that I'm working with directly, and they have done an incredible job of helping me market and sell, this, sell my story. But uh, I got a lot of good, a lot of very positive reviews on Goodreads. And, you know, my Facebook page is kind of flooded with a lot of different types of messages. And, 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 and it's very interesting wow. because there's people there who criticize. There's people there who ridicule. There's people there who support. There's people there who ask questions. So 
the Facebook page is, is, you know, the reviews are great, but the Facebook page is kind of where I get to meet real people. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. have real conversations you get the about true, the story. <laughs> you get the true content of who is saying what and people that, that agree, people that don't disagree, and that's all part of being an author. Uh, you you will find out that more and more, and, uh, you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt. And, and you know this is this is your work. Uh, you know that uh, you've been... And, and yeah, you said you are not divine inspired, but I, I believe that you are. Uh, so you're going to learn how to Thank deal you. with those, and, and uh, I think that that's going to be great for you. So you can actually get to the meat of things. And I mean, sometimes you go into discussion with people saying, listen, not want to hurt you, don't want to disagree with you, but that's my point of view. And I, right. I understand right. if you don't agree with it, but that's, that's, that's what it is. Now, let's talk a little bit about, you know, look at you. You've gotten this book, The Resurrection. Now um, you have the good idea. Now you decided to write a book with your 11-year-old, which is so cute. Now I can tell your son is being rubbed off by your influence, by your uh, your guidance and, and, you know, sees that you could do it uh, and so he gets inspired or you inspire him and then or you said to him, you know, let's do it together, son. Come on. It's not that bad. How did that, how did that all came about? Well, um, you know, I'm obviously very super proud of my son. He uh, helped me write a book or we, you know, he helped me gather the information to write the story. We haven't written it yet. But my son, when he was, you know, an emerging reader, we, we you know, we bought him these uh, books called, uh, gosh, I can't remember the title, but there are these different books and there's like lion versus tiger or uh, shark versus, you know, tiger shark. And, it, and it's kind of, it's an expository story but then it kind of gives this this end story of who would win. That's what it's called. Thank you. It's called who would win. Who would win a fight between, right? So me and my son, so at, every, at the end of every book, it says, if you have your own idea, come up with your own idea, and then we can, you know, maybe we can help you publish, you know, your own version. So, you know, wow. that's what we did. And we saw this, we, we saw this really cool uh, story on National Geographic about a humpback whale and killer whales. So, you know, we ran with it and we started to gather the information and compare the difference between the humpback whale and the killing whale, and see, you know. And um, that's when we came up with the idea. And, and, and we have all the information. Um, my 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 brother-in-law is actually the, uh, he's the artist who did the, the artwork for, for the resurrection. So wow. you know, we have the story. Yeah, we have the story and we, and we, and we have an artist, uh, an illustrator. So... You know, it just, it just, again, it just kind of came together, and it, it, you know, kind of how my writing career has. You know, it, it didn't, <laughs> definitely didn't happen on purpose. I wasn't intending to be a writer or anything, but, but it, it, you know, so it, that story did come together, and, and me and my son are very, very happy with, with that, absolutely. And, and I love, well, you are a researcher yourself, so I know that uh, this is bit. one of the things that you love to dig, right? So it's not going to stay that way. Let me, let me, let me get to the deep of this. Let me see how deep the rabbit hole goes. And because you have that within you, because you are the, the way that you are, I definitely see that this is going to be uh, another book and another book. And, uh, you know, the fact that your son is, uh, you know, on board with this, this, this tells 
you know, a lot. Um, and you know, a lot of kids don't want anything to do with what the parents are doing, especially when they're in doing the side thing or, or, or you know, they have a business, they're an entrepreneur. Uh, they want nothing to do. I'm speaking for myself. They want nothing to right. do with what we do. But, uh, but you know, you, they, you never know. Sometimes they come around. The fact that your son is uh, enjoying this, the process, uh, and take it, take it, enjoy it, and uh, uh, don't let go because uh, it's, it, I can imagine you're really, really, really enjoying the time with your son and working together. So good for you. Congratulations. Congratulations. One of the things that I wanted to ask you, Sean, what has what this done for you? You know, writing books, and, and I mean, uh, you, are, you are a professor, you have another um, career, you have another job, you, you're a husband, you're a father. How is it that you administer your time in order to reach out? I mean, you, you, uh, you have a, a spiritual life, which, you know, it takes time for you to have a relationship with God. Absolutely. It's time-consuming, um, but God first. And so, how do you how do you manage? How do you do things? You know, school teaching has been, you know, just an incredible blessing because it's given me a foundational income first and foremost. It's given me a very set uh, schedule, which allows me to get off of work and go to the library and, um, you know, and have the three or four hours, two or three, four hours that I need to get to study and, and do the things that I do. You know, I, one thing I haven't mentioned, Lizzie, is that, um, you know, I'm an investor as well. So I, I, I do invest in different types of, uh, of insurance, invest, insurance investment products, and that's been an incredible uh, income, I guess, earning uh thing for me that's, you know, another thing that I do. Um, but, you know, writing and school is kind of second nature for me. You know, I mean, as a teacher, as a person who I guess you would even call a professional learner, learning okay. is very second nature for me, right? Um, so studying, reading, writing, those things just come very natural. And because I have this very stable career, it's allowed me to do things after work to grow and expand my career, and, what, and writing has been one of those things, as well as, like I say, uh, you know, just being a part-time investor as well. Wow, you you don't seem to amaze me. Um, I, somehow I believe that your uh, day does not have 24 hours. Somehow you manage to get uh, more hours than normal because I have 24 hours no, and I have a lot no. of things on the go. No. <laughs> you just it's, stay up late and wake up really early. That's exactly, that's exactly. your trick. <laughs> I'm, I'm a sick. I need six hours. I need six hours. And if I get six hours of sleep, I, can, I think I'll be good the next day. But, um, you know, I'm also learning as I get a little older, because like we, you know, we talked about earlier, um, you know, we're not, I, you know, I'm in my 50s now. But um, so I'm realizing, like, I need to be productive early, and I need to get home and eat and, and relax. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just can't do the studying till 10, 30, 11 o'clock anymore. So, you know, I'm learning how to kind of temper what I'm doing, but I'm fortunate. Some days are more busy than others. Some weeks are more busy than others. But, um, you know, I'm fortunate now regarding like a face of learning. I, I love learning. I love, 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 love learning. And um, so studying is, 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 is very common for me. 
That's, that's a great thing, you know, and, and what has been said, uh, studies shows and research that a mind that is always learning and is constantly growing and is constantly observing and uh, uh, putting new information into that wonderful uh, brain that our creator has given, uh, you will not be a person that suffers from dementia or, or, or Alzheimer's or any of that. And I can speak for my own mother, an 80-year-old woman, which is, you know, she has a tablet, she has a computer, and, and uh, completely, completely sane and not a sign of old age whatsoever. She looks like a millennial. So I, I can see that it works, and she's always learning. She's always trying to figure it out, things out, and, you know, just, uh, and she was just telling me the other day she wants to go back to school and become a teacher, 80-year-old, and I'm thinking, oh, wow. yes, why not? Why not? So Why I know not? from our personal experience that, uh, you know, if you keep your mind active, absolutely, uh, you know, things can uh, work out for you, especially when you have the Lord's help. And that's number one for her that's and for great. us and for me. And that's, that's number one. So everyone, I need you to uh, check this book out. It is on Amazon. It is called The Resurrection of Jesus Christ, an area of fiction novel. And it is on Amazon. It is on his website. Uh, also, food, uh, Facebook. And uh, if you have any questions, you can connect on Facebook. The links will be here below. And I am hoping that you enjoy our conversation uh, with us today. And uh, I, uh, Author Zane, is here to support artists and authors just like uh, Mr. Sean Garrett, a brother, a friend now, all the way from uh, beautiful, beautiful California. I was going to ask you, you know, the theme really uh, is, you know, tell us what you do and what you are all about, uh, what is new. But I think the answer to that question, you know, the, the new thing is your book with your son. Or is there a sequel uh, right now? Or are you thinking... Um, I know you are, you work on Spirit a Moment. You're not the, the type that plan. Um, but uh, other than that book with your son, any other writing you're thinking of doing lately? No, absolutely. I, I um, you know, I, I recently finished a uh, journal article for the American Philosophical Association called "The Idea from God," which you kind of pointed out earlier, which is like which is about a five or six page uh, journal article that I wrote, and it's an argument for the existence of God based on. Uh, Rene Descartes' third meditation. If you know anything about Rene Descartes, he's an incredible French philosopher who puts forth these very profound arguments for the existence of God. So I've kind of taken that and, and ran and created an argument, created a, a story or an argument, not a story, but more of an argument for the existence of God called the idea of God. So that's something I just recently completed. And I'm working on a very different um, realistic fictional story called Lightning in a Bottle, which is a sports story about a, you know, uh, a school here in Southern California. And it's a very interesting, again, very inspiring story about a, uh, a small-time, you know, small-town basketball team that, you know, did something incredibly great, you know, in their time. So I'm really excited about that story. It's a very encompassing story. And, and, and um, so I'm working on that as well. So I, you know, uh, like I said, I just published the other, the idea of God. I'm going to be, you know, uh, sharing that with the American Philosophical Association and, and working on my second literary publication. Wow. <laughs> you definitely put us to shame. You deserve that. That is incredible. That is incredible. <laughs> 
That is incredible. Wow. So for you that are listening out there in this beautiful world, um, you know, if you have uh, any doubts that things cannot be done, here is a proof. Somebody who has a full-time uh, commitment, uh, works on the side, has a son that is writing a book with, also uh, three books on the go. So it can be done. And, and I know it's a lot of work, and I know it is something that uh, probably will take a lot longer than you think that it will. But, you know, the satisfaction and the, the rewards at the end to be able to share it with the world. And thanks to the Internet nowadays, everyone, we could go from... <laughs> from Canada to beautiful California, from Australia, from all over the world. And this is this is the connection that I know that our God, our Lord, has intended for all of us, for his name to be glorified and for us to unite in love and to unite in definitely and realizing that we're nothing without him. But uh, a book like this will help us to grow. So the book, again, everyone, is called The Resurrection of Jesus Christ, an area fiction novel, uh, which has been published. Um, uh, you could get it on paper, uh, or you can get it on, on um, Kobo, I assume. You could, uh, is there an audio version right now, or just paper Hello. and no, there's it's yeah, it's a, it's a paperback, but you can also buy it on on, on Kindle as well. If Kindle you're looking for an audio book, not audio book, but it is it is on Kindle. It does have a Kindle version. I'm, I apologize, I, I kind of overpriced it a little bit, but it's still the same great story. Um, but it is on Kindle as well for people who want to read. Beautiful, it beautiful, love it, love it, Sean. I know we hey. can talk forever. <laughs> right, Lizzie. Can I say one last thing, please? You can. You may please. I just, Lizzie, I really want to um, obviously thank you and um, Simon Williams at, at, at Goldman Agency in New York, but I also want to thank people in Canada. There's a lot of very supportive people on my Facebook page from Canada, and, and we do a lot of direct marketing through Facebook in Canada. And I just want to thank the, you know, the incredible people of Canada as well because they have shown so much support um, in a lot of different ways. And so I just want to thank you know, Canada for that. Well, we are here supporting our friends and brothers and sisters from the state as well. Uh, you know, when it comes down to it, we just one one world. If you think about it, it's just one world. Uh, we can think of you know countries and languages and and, and different parts. Uh, you know, black and white, native, uh, all all different colors. I mean, God created just one one people, and that's really what it's all about. So, I'm, I'm glad that you would say thank you, but I say thank you to you for being here today and sharing your story, sharing your life, sharing your book, sharing so much information, and it was a blast having you at the author's desk. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. It's been an amazing experience. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. I'll be right back, everyone. Well, that was it. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. He is an amazing person, very, very fun, uh, inspirational. I mean, just the story along, you know, when we went to Spain and he described how he was stranded. I love it. I mean, that is that is amazing. Again, remember, everyone, it is The Resurrection of Jesus Christ, a narrative fictional novel. Uh, you can find it on Amazon and follow him on Facebook. Uh, Sean Garrett is the name of this incredible author and that lots to come lots to come thank you everyone and uh love you lots and we'll see you back soon on the answer to den
Thank you for listening to another exciting episode of the Author's Den podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of our future episodes. That's all for now. We'll see you next time.